You don't have to be alive for very long before you figure out that there can be a huge difference between the way you look on the outside and the way you look on the inside. A great example is seen in the fact that as kids, there were some of us who became extremely adept at presenting ourselves on the outside as little angels when on the inside we were significant criminals. Do I have anyone like that here right now? That was me. Yeah, I, it's like the way we look on the outside can look significantly different than the way we look on the inside. And as a little kid, I remember that whenever an adult was watching, or especially my mom, you know, I, I had it down. I knew how to bat my eyes, you know, and tilt my head and move my shoulders like this, and my mom would just swoon. How did I get such an angel? But as soon as she turned her back, everyone around me, especially my siblings, suffered significantly because inside I was a criminal. And I know every one of you can relate to that because either you were like me, that inside criminal and that outside angel, or you suffered greatly at the hands of someone like that, right? We can all relate to that. It's true that we can look significantly different on the outside than we do on the inside. And this is a great way to understand the issue of attitude. Because attitude is simply a way of expressing what we look like on the inside. In fact, let me state it pretty specifically. Our attitude is our internal makeup. It's the way we're shaped on the inside. Our attitude is our internal outlook. It's simply the way we look on the inside, whether criminal or angel. That's what the attitude is. And the Bible has a ton to say about attitude. And understanding it helps us understand how to move from the minus side of life to the plus side of life. What we need to come to grips with is that in this world, very often, most of us really concentrate on shaping how we look on the outside. Because how we look on the outside has a great deal with how, how we do in our pursuit of relationships and how we do in our pursuit of jobs and careers and life. And every aspect very often is shaped by what we look like on the outside. But what the Bible makes very clear, what God makes very clear, is that the way we look on the inside is who we really are. I mean, that's where the true self is found. God says it. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. He had sent Samuel, a prophet, to, to find a new king. And the prophet was doing what we do, looking at how people were shaped on the outside. But God made it very clear, no, no, who you really are is found on the inside. He says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected the one who to you on the outside looks like a king. The Lord does not look at things like man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It's true that the way we look on the outside is very different from the way we look on the inside at times, but, but the way we look on the inside is who we really are. The Bible then takes it further and it it wants us to confront the fact that our culture so often as human beings gets it wrong. Because while we value so significantly how we look on the outside and how others look on the outside, the Bible tells us that the way we look on the inside is vitally important to God. 
I mean, God is far more interested in and finds far more value in how we look on the inside. In fact, look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. It says, your beauty should not come from outward adornment. That's what we try and do. We try and shape the outside us in a way that people will say, well, they're beautiful, they're wonderful, they're talented, they're great. But he says, your beauty should not come from the outward adornment. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. The way we look on the inside is vitally important to God. And here's what God is looking for. God really wants us to bring the way we look on the outside into alignment with the way we look on the inside. Because that's when we become authentic and genuine. That's when we truly become beautiful in His sight. So here, here we are as we continue in this series, plus minus, understanding this truth, which is so vital to us, our attitude, our internal shape, our internal makeup, our internal outlook, the way we look on the inside, our attitude determines our behavior. I mean, this is important to get. Our attitude, who we really are on the inside, is what determines our behavior. Who we are on the inside determines what we do on the outside. Look at Luke 6.45 again. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for it's out of the overflow of his heart his mouth speaks. It's simply saying our attitude determines our behavior. It's simply saying who we are on the inside is what ultimately will determine the outside. In fact, our choice to become that little deceptive hypocrite, batting our eyes and tilting our head and doing our shoulders to get our moms or our, our friends thinking that we're some kind of angel when there's really a criminal within, that's determined by the deceptive nature within. Our attitude determines our ultimate behavior. Now here's the minus, and we're in a series called Plus Minus, so I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't deal with the minus because until we understand the minus, we can't ever get to the plus. And so it's really my job for those of you who are here it's really my job right now to take you down, dooby-doo, down, down. I, I really, it's my job to take you down into the valleys, into the pits, into the depths of darkness to show you how horrific this world is and how horrific we are so that then we can want to move back to the plus side. And it, so here's the minus of this world. Though most of us attempt to clean up the outside of our lives, I mean, most of us do. The reality is that we tend to still hold on to destructive attitudes within that ultimately leak out in destructive behaviors without. I mean, this is the minus reality. Now, I, I chose those words carefully. Most of us attempt to clean up the outside because, if I'm honest, not all of us attempt to clean up the outside. I mean, there are some people who just don't give a flip, right? I don't care. Take me like I am, you know, and I'm okay, whoo, whoo. But most of us, we really do try and clean up the outside. We, we understand that people's perception of us becomes their reality of us, and, and it's pretty important to try and adjust that. And we, we attempt to create imaging that will bring some kind of life benefit our way. But just because we're cleaning up the outside doesn't mean that's the reality of who we are on the inside. And the reality is, if we're honest, 
Doesn't matter how hard we work on cleaning up the outside, we're still retaining some of those destructive attitudes within. And those destructive attitudes, even if we've become really good at batting our eyes and tilting our head and rotating our shoulders, even if we've become very adept at, at painting a very different picture for people to see, those destructive attitudes ultimately in the right context, in the right circumstance, when confronted by the right moment, are going to leak out. And they're going to create extremely destructive behavior, stuff that it's going to be hard to understand we can even do based upon the image we've been portraying, but not based upon the destructive attitudes we've been holding on to. I mean, this is the minus reality of our world. In, in fact, I'll, I'll just give you an extreme example that happened in the life of Jesus. He, he, he confronted the religious leaders of his day. The religious leaders who, I mean, they wore the flowing robes and they lived these lives of uptight and out-of-sight righteous reality. These people were unbelievable. I mean, they talked like God, they looked like God, they acted like God, they declared they were God, basically. I mean, their outside was squeaky clean. But look what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 23, verses 25 and 26. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You're hypocrites. Because you're cleaning the outside of the cup and dish, but... The insides haven't changed at all. You're still holding on to those destructive attitudes. Inside, you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Boy, you look like unselfish, generous people on the outside, but inside, you are so self-consumed and self-indulging that you want everything everybody else has for yourself. And he says, blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. This, this points out a reality in life. Very often... How we're trying to fix our lives is by cleaning up the outside, but it doesn't fix anything because all the junk remains on the inside, and that's ultimately going to define who we are and how we live. This is why religion doesn't cut it, because religion reshapes our outside and seeks to change what we do and where we go, but it doesn't change who we are, and so ultimately it's not going to change anything. That's what's going on here. And this is the reality that we're facing. We clean up really well, but inside many of us are still holding on to the stuff that's destroying every part of our life, taking us where we don't want to go. This is why I believe most people, most of us, tend to, in time, ruin or even destroy our potential, our opportunities, our relationships, and even our lives. This is why we who clean up so well surprise each other with, with moments of very destructive behavior, it's because inside the attitude remains problematic. And I need to point this out. It's not because we want to be destructive. It's not because we want to destroy our potential. It's not because we want to hurt other people. It's not that at all. It's because we find ourselves unable to stop. We're driven by this internal force that we can't seem to shut off. It's driving us from within. And I believe if you're really a part of this human experience and you're thoughtful about it, introspect it all on your life and your journey, you go, that's me. I mean, there are things I've said and there are things I've done. There are things I've been saying and things I've been doing that I don't want to do those at all. That They're hurting my potential, not helping it. They're, they're messing my relationships up, not making them better. They're, they're getting my life off track instead of making it work better. I don't want to do that, but it's this unstoppable force within me. And that's really the ultimate point of this talk this weekend, to address 
what's going on? Just before I came out, we did this song on change, and it, it basically asked the question, given the right circumstances, given the right opportunities, given that you stand before God or you're confronted by this deal, would you change? I want to ask it this way. If you could, if you had the possibility, if there was the potential, would you change? So that you're not living a self-destructive life, ruining your potential and opportunities and relationships, but rather living the life that you really dream of living. Would you change? Now be careful with your answer. Because the possibility of change is really there. And this takes us to the plus side. The minus is we clean up the outside but tend to hold on to the junk on the inside and it leaks out. But here's the plus side. Jesus makes it possible for us to actually get rid of all the messed up junk on the inside. Unlike religion and unlike, you know, self-help books and unlike all the adjustments we're supposed to make on the exterior of our lives and that's supposed to make everything better, but it doesn't. Jesus is able to go on the inside and literally clean up and clean out all the garbage so that we're not holding on to that and it won't leak out into destructive messed up behavior we can change so be careful with your answer to the question would you change if you could change because the reality is you can and yet we still don't though Jesus made it possible for us to clean up the inside and transform who we are we still like taking the easy route because as much as it messes us up, we like holding on to the crap that we hold on to. We like being driven by it. So we'd rather, like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, we'd rather wrap ourselves in beautiful religious robes than actually experience the transformation that God can do within. We would rather just adjust our circumstances. Hey, I'll attend church once in a while, and I'll read the Bible once in a while, and I'll sing these songs once in a while, and I'll be nice to people once in a while. It's all really good, but I'm not going to let him in here. The real question is, would you change if you could? Then since you can because of what Jesus made possible, why aren't you? Now, if you really do want to change, and I think for some of us, and me at times, quite frankly, I, I assent to yes, but I'm not really giving in to yes, you know? I'm saying the words of yes, but I'm not doing the actions of yes. But if you're at a place in your life where you're saying, I really want to change, then there is a solution. We can go from the minus side to the plus side, but what's it take? Well, the Bible tells us. In order to move from the minus side of the way we tend to live to the plus side, to the way Jesus made possible for us to live, there are a couple of principles we have to unwrap into our lives. They're not easy formulas. They're not, they're not easy one-two and done deals, but they are principles we can live out if we will, if we choose to. The first one is this, if we're going to go from the minus side to the plus side, we have to recognize the reason, the ultimate reason for our destructive bent in this world. I mean, if you've ever found yourself asking, like I often do, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why am I doing this? Why am I pursuing this path which is going to ultimately be so destructive to everything I care about? Why? If you've ever found yourself thinking that, then, then that's dealing with the reason. Recognize the reason for your destructive bent. And I'm going to share with you the process, and I need to tell you right up front, the reason that I've spent time analyzing this process from God's Word is because I need to know myself. When you're as big of an inside criminal as I am, you want to figure out why. 
why do I want bars to be in my future? You know, I mean, really. And I believe that what I have found, what God has shared with us, can help you as well. Because truth be known, though many of us really do look like angels, we're not. What's the reason? The first is this. It starts with our negative nature. It starts with our negative nature. We have this nature we're born with that is pre-wired, predisposed to make the wrong decisions, to push God out of our lives and to push others out of our lives, to, to elevate ourselves and to hurt others. This negative nature, we're born with it and we can't escape it on our own. Uh, just so you can know, this is for all of us, not just for some of us, because some of you have already looked down the row at someone else, you know, and go, oh yeah, that's you. Um, this is for all of us. King David, you might not be real familiar with the Bible. King David was this great guy in the Old Testament. In fact, God ultimately said he was a man after his own heart. In other words, God ultimately said, what you're seeing on the outside is who he really is on the inside. He's not a hypocrite at all. He's in alignment. He's after my own heart. That's a pretty high compliment from the God who can see all. And yet, David was just like us, wrapped up in the same nature as we are. Look what he says about himself in Psalm 51, verse 5. He says, Surely I was sinful at birth. Man, I came out with this pre-wired propensity to sin, to rebel against God, to hurt other people, to elevate myself. And then he says, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Man, it wasn't even about my birth. It was about my conception. When I was conceived, it was in sin. We come into this world with a negative nature bent on negativity, pushing God out, pursuing the wrong path, making the absolutely wrong choice at the exactly right time. I mean, that's who we are. That's who David was. But where it really becomes a problem is when it interacts and connects with our negative world. See, our, our, our negative nature, and of course our negative nature, which brings about bad choices, ultimately is what produces this negative world. But the truth we have to acknowledge is that we live in a very negative world. We live in a world where people make promises that they break, that people reject us and hurt us, and we reject them and hurt them. We live in a world of disappointment where all of our dreams can be dashed against the rocks of realities, where at any moment, everything that we want can be taken from us. We live in a world that's very negative. We just do. And we can't escape it. There's nothing we can do to get around it. And look at First John chapter 2. This is just one of... Hundreds of passages we could talk about. First John chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. For everything in the world, and you might want to take note of the word everything. Everything in the world. The cravings of sinful man, you know, their messed up desires. The lust of their eyes and the boasting of what he has and does. It comes not from the Father. No, it comes from this negative world we live in. The world and its desires pass away. He's talking about how negative the world experience is. And we can't escape it. But here's where it gets very, very interesting. It gets interesting when... Our negative nature interacts with our negative world because that's when it gets explosive. That's when the destruction starts to magnify. I'll give you an example, a metaphor that at least works for me. Take fire and take gasoline, both pretty dangerous in their own right. 
I mean, they can cause a lot of destruction in their own right. Now, you can kind of control them if you control the setting and all of that. And you can even get some positive use out of them, just like you can out of our nature and, and our world. But boy, oh boy, you put fire and gasoline together in an uncontrolled setting, and what do you have? You have an explosion that destroys everything around it. And that's what happens when our negative nature comes into interaction with our negative world. It explodes in destructive attitudes. So our negative nature meets our negative world and it explodes into extremely negative attitudes. This is exactly what happens when they clash. They become an uncontrollable and destructive force. Look at Titus chapter 3 verse 3. This verse is talking to people who have opened their lives up for Jesus to come in and clean the insides, right? And, and he's saying, but don't get high and mighty. Don't start looking down on other people because you need to remember who you were. Just like David acknowledged, man, I was sinful when I was born. You need to remember who you were. Look at Titus 3.3. 3. At one time, we too, who are now following Jesus, we too could be described as foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of negative, destructive passions and pleasures. As a result, we lived controlled by those negative attitudes, malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. And this is what happens when our negative nature meets the negative world. It explodes in these negative attitudes that start ruling our inside. And I think all of us, to varying degrees, know what it's like to have this stuff raging inside. Anger and malice and bitterness and the desire to get revenge and payback and overcome and pull them down. If I'm going to live down here, then I'm going to get you down here. And we know what these attitudes are like, these attitudes that consume. I think these words are perfect for it, being hated and hating one another. And then what happens? It doesn't matter how much we've been trained and taught to, to put on the mask of the angel. Given the right circumstances and context, that mask is going to come off and these negative, destructive attitudes are going to leak out and they are going to cause us to make some messed up choices in life and to do some messed up stuff. We've all been there. We've all done it. Almost to where when we do it, we go, oh my gosh, how did I get there so fast? And when someone else does it, we go, that doesn't seem to be in keeping with their character at all. But see, you're talking about the character of their outside, not the character of their inside. Because you cannot hold on to destructive attitudes within. No matter how much you change your outside and those destructive attitudes not turn into negative behavior over time. Uh, Luke 6.45 again. The evil man is going to bring evil out because the evil is stored up in his heart. I, I, I needed to see a, a story from the Bible, a metaphor from the Bible that really illustrated this point and it wasn't hard to find. All I had to do is go to the one who God had said was a man after his own heart and look at his story. All I had to do is go to him. And the only way David ever became a productive citizen of God's kingdom, a, a man after God's own heart, was by acknowledging reality. That's why Psalm 51.5 is so important. David said, man, I've been sinful since the very beginning. If you and I don't face the reality of who we are within, we will never be able to go from the minus side to the plus side. That's where David was. David's the perfect example of this whole process I've been sharing with you. Along the way this week sometime, 
I, why don't you read 2 Samuel chapter 11? 2 Samuel is an Old Testament book in the Bible, chapter 11. It will blow your mind what this guy did. But I'll tell you the story right now in context with this process that I've been sharing. He, he was sinful from birth. He himself said it. He was born into this world pre-wired to make messed up choices and do messed up things, to rebel against God and to, to pursue self-interest. He was born into the world that way. And he, like us, was born into a world that was negative. In other words, all kinds of inappropriate and destructive and, and tempting things could come his way. He couldn't avoid them. And in 2 Samuel chapter 11, here he is, the king of Israel, the king of God's people, and he's up on his palace and he's looking around the city of Jerusalem, which had become great under his leadership, and I'm sure he was kind of walking around looking at the city going, I'm the man. I'm the man. Now, the only reason I say that, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say it. The only reason I say that is because if I was him in that setting, I'd be going, I'm the man. Uh, because, I mean, this is kind of the stuff that gets generated in our lives. But that evening on his palace roof, he was confronted by the negative world, an inappropriate moment that was inappropriate for him to be a part of. He saw a woman... And the inference is this woman was like Miss Universe quality, beautiful woman, bathing naked on the roof below his palace. And he saw her. Now, you know, what he should have done was go, ooh, wow, lucky guy, you know, and walked away. But he didn't do that. He started possessing her as his own visually, you know. There's nothing negative about a woman's body, but there's something very negative with turning it into an object for consumption that doesn't belong to you. Something inappropriate about it being displayed in a way that comes out. And so this is where his negative nature made and met the negative world. But what it produced was that it literally exploded in him as the negative destructive attitude of lust. I mean, it became this destructive attitude of I want, I want, I want. And the lust, this destructive attitude, in spite of the fact he still looked like a king, he still looked like a great guy, he still looked like a man after God's own heart, he had the robes on, he had the image, he had everything, he had the palace, he had everything everybody wanted. In spite of all of that, in that moment, he was ruled by that destructive attitude of lust. He didn't care about anything but getting that. Think about it. He didn't care about his family his kids. He didn't care about his kingdom or the people in his kingdom. He didn't care about his soldiers that were off to war. He didn't care about her family, her husband, her kids. He didn't care about God in that moment, and he didn't care about her in that moment. He cared about one thing, himself in that moment, and he would do anything to gratify himself in that moment. And it happened because his negative nature, pre-wired to this kind of thinking, met with this inappropriate moment in a negative world, and it exploded with this attitude that was going to destroy him if he didn't control it. And he didn't because he couldn't became an unstoppable force in his life. He actually brought servants in and said, who's that woman? And they said, oh, that's the wife of one of your soldiers fighting right now for you and the kingdom in battle. And he said, go get her. He didn't care about anybody. And he brought her and he committed adultery with her because destructive attitudes will bring about ultimately, no matter what kind of image we put on, destructive behavior. And that's exactly what happened. And know this, 
Because we think that then the cycle stops and, you know, forgiveness is better than permission and all that stuff and we can just get it right, but no. Because this negative cycle doesn't stop with one circle. It just keeps spinning. And in David's life, it spun now, as it will in our lives, to a higher level of dysfunction and destruction. Because here's what happened. His negative nature, now having messed up to this portion, met again with the negative world because she wrote him a note and said, I'm pregnant. I can, I can just imagine what he was thinking. You're not on the pill? Um, <clears throat> maybe he wasn't thinking that, but it's like, you're what? How did that happen? <laughs> uh, I'm pregnant. Can you imagine? But you know what happened when his negative nature met that part of the negative world, that there are consequences to our behavior and our destructive behavior? You know, what, you know what happened? It exploded with destructive attitudes. And, you know, there were a lot of guilt and shame and all that stuff. But you know what the real destructive attitude that drove him at that moment was? Fear. The fear that he would lose his reputation of being a man of God. The fear that he could lose his kingdom. The fear that he could lose everything that he cared about and wanted in life. And so that fear, that destructive attitude, though he looked really good on the outside, drove him to destructive behavior. It, it started out with just simple deception and simple manipulation. No big deal. We honor that as good human beings, right? And, and he decided, I can fix this. I'll bring her husband, the soldier, back from the battlefield. I'll do him a favor. I'll give him a vacation. Three-day leave. And he'll sleep with his wife, and everything will be covered. Brilliant plan for the criminal inside man. The only problem is, Uriah had too much integrity to do it. He wouldn't sleep with his wife and enjoy that pleasure when his fellow soldiers were still facing death on the battlefield. He wouldn't do it. So David came up with another level of deception and manipulation. He brought him to the palace, surrounded him with a party, and got the guy flipping drunk. Because everyone knows if you're drunk, you have no self-control. And he got him drunk, walking, stumbling, falling down drunk. And he sent him on his way. But Uriah the soldier had more integrity drunk than King David did stone sober. And he wouldn't sleep with his wife because he had too much care for his fellow soldiers on the battlefield. So David did what he had to do. If you're owned by destructive attitudes, he sent a note with Uriah in his hand to the general on the front line saying, send Uriah to the front line and with, pull back the rest of the military so that he gets killed. It ended in murder. This man, after God's own heart, this good guy, how could he do it? How could he do it? Because his negative nature met this negative world and it exploded in destructive attitudes which led to destructive behavior and it answers the question why we do what we do. Get a hold of this, friends. This isn't just David, this is you. This is me. This explains every bad choice I've ever made in my past and in my present. Every one of them. And you as well. Think about how it rules us. It goes on and on. Our negative nature experiences what it's going to experience in this negative world. Rejection, being forsaken by someone. And so what happens is that it explodes into destructive attitudes if someone forsakes us and rejects us, it can explode into destructive attitudes of absolute anger where all we're going to do is seek revenge and we're going to take the level of destruction to a higher level. Or it could result in 
from these destructive attitudes that develop within, the desire to never be hurt again. And so we're unkind and we're inhospitable and we're mean just to keep people away because we'll never let them hurt us again. But it's the cycle, negative nature to negative world to negative attitudes to negative behavior. And it's going to keep on unless something changes it because it's inescapable. This is our world. This is our life. And yet we come up with all kinds of cute little things, don't we, to try and overcome it. We tell each other, well, just stop it. Brilliant. Just stop it. Just get over it. You can't. It's unstoppable as a force in your life. You can't change what you do unless you change who you are, and you can't change who you are. You can't change the world. It's going to just absolutely own you. What can we do? Well, that's when we need to apply the cure. Because if we're going to move from the minus side of life to the plus side, it's not enough to recognize the reason for our destructive bends, because this is where a lot of us get, oh, yeah, man, I've got this negative nature. Can't help it. And we excuse ourselves because of it. And we live self-destructive to feed lives. In other words, when we hear the question, would you change? We say, no. But the key is, we can change if we make the right choice, but we have to apply the cure for our destructive bent. And I want to give you four principles which become the cure when applied to our life can truly transform us in, in life. These are not like little simple things that we do. These are principles that have to be embraced and allowed to transform us, but they really can take us from the minus to the plus if we choose them. But we have to choose them. And I, I'm going to tell you something that I don't often tell you. I'm going to tell you that the first principle I'm going to give you right now, I'm going to apply down and bring it home right now. But then I'm going to share the last three principles with you. And I'm going to tell you right now, the last three principles I'm going to share form the basis for the next three talks I'm going to give, which is the entire of the series. Each of these principles is so important if we're going to break the hold of this negative world, this negative nature, and these destructive attitudes that grip us and the destructive behaviors that come from it. They're so vitally important. I'm going to give a talk that totally envelops these principles and helps us to apply them to our lives. Now, I don't normally tell you what I'm going to do for the next three weeks. I will see if I live to regret it when three people show up next week and say, yeah, that's how interested they were in that sucker. Okay, great. But here's the thing. The first one, if we're going to apply the cure, we need to replace our negative nature with Christ's positive nature. We need to replace our negative nature, who we really are on the inside, with who Jesus really is on our inside, with His nature. Many people don't understand Christianity. They see it as a religion. Oh, you mean I have to like dress differently, go to different places, do different things? No! You become a different person. He transforms who you are on the inside. This is an inside-out deal. You need to, if you're going to truly follow Christ, allow Him to change your nature to His. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. The old is gone. The new has come. Christianity is not a cute little religion that we tack on to our lives and it changes the way we live in this culture. Christianity changes who we are on the inside, which then allows us to start responding differently to what's on the outside. Have you done that ever? 
Have you experienced the transformation of your nature on the inside with Christ's positive nature? It's the only way you're ever going to experience life and life to the full. If you haven't, this is your moment. I really want to encourage you in this moment to embrace it. And so I'm going to invite everyone who's listening to the talk right now, whether it's online or right here, to just bow with me in a word of prayer. And I know many of you who are here, you say, I've already followed Christ. I've let him do this. Well, you need to be grappling with then why it's not defining your attitudes and your choices. And those are the principles that are yet to come. But if you're here and you're saying, I want so desperately to have my nature changed, pray with me. Let Jesus in. Just say, God, my nature's messed up. I mean, I've sinned against you just like David, different ways. I've, I'm guilty. I've made such destructive choices, and there's no way out. But I believe that Jesus, you died on the cross, though perfect. You died for me. I, I believe that you, with a perfect nature, took my place on that cross so that when you rose again, you could give me your nature. And so in this moment, I'm acknowledging my sin and my need. I'm turning from my ways to your ways, and I'm trusting you to change who I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed with me, just before I give you these three principles that will become the focus of the rest of the series, I just really want to encourage you if you prayed with me, to take out the program before you leave, and it says plus minus on the outside, and on the inside is this little perforated card we call a connection card. And you may have heard me say this a hundred times, but it's never applied to you until this moment. If you just prayed with me, take it out, fill it out, and on the bottom, check that little circle that says, today I prayed to receive Jesus. And then when you leave one of our live services, just put it in the exit boxes. There are boxes right outside each of the exits. And we're going to send you letters about next steps that you can take in your relationship with God to help you to deal with these issues. If you're watching online, just hit the what next button and we'll do the exact same thing in your life. But make sure you take that step. But now that we have the first principle down, okay, I need a new nature. That's what Jesus gives me. Here's the second principle. If we're going to apply the cure and go from the minus side to the plus side, we need to disable the negative world that we live in. We can't escape it. <clears throat> it's there. We need to disable it. And we need to disable it with Christ's positive word, with his truth. You see, here's what happens. God's truth, the Bible, literally helps to counteract the negative exposure that we experience in this world. We experience in this world broken promises. Well, his word helps us to see promises fulfilled. We experience in this world unbelievable despair, but his word can fill us with hope. We see in this world such a breakdown of moral integrity, and we can see in his word the reality, the positive nature of moral integrity. It literally counteracts what we see, so much so that look at what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verses 9 and 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? In this world, with negative natures and negative world, how can we keep our way pure? By living according to your word, God. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. God's word is the key to counteracting this negative world that we live in. But most of us aren't in it. You know, most of us see it as a duty. I'm supposed to read the Bible every day. Gosh, no way the genie's going to come out and grant me my wish today if I don't read the Bible. That's not what it's about. 
The Word of God is a means for correcting your experience in this negative world. And next week, I'm going to just unfold for you what the Word of God can do and how it can shape you and how we can respond. It's huge. The next one. If we're going to apply the cure, we have to transform our negative attitudes with Christ's positive attitudes. We, we literally have to allow who we are on the inside to be transformed with the attitudes of Christ. Look at how Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says it. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Would you stop flowing with the pattern, negative nature to negative world to negative attitudes to negative behavior? Would you stop doing that? Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve, to demonstrate, to live out, to experience what God's will really is. It's good, pleasing, and perfect. And how do you ultimately do it? Look at Galatians 5.16. So I say, live by the Spirit. Live by God's Spirit unleashed in you. And you will not gratify the negative, destructive desires of the sinful nature. Two weekends from now, I'm going to be talking about how we can walk in the Spirit, how God's Spirit can literally transform our attitudes within and how we can apply that to our lives. And then finally, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 and 24, to 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, you know that messed up way of life we've been talking about? You were taught, put off your old self. You, you need to have the nature of Christ in you. And then you were taught to put off your old self because it's being corrupted and deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. You have to literally be transformed in your attitudes. And then once that's there, put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. If we're going to live on the plus side, we must exchange our negative behaviors which are so natural to us. You know, deceit and manipulation like David did on up the spectrum. We need to exchange our negative behaviors for Christ's positive behaviors. We need to start behaving like he did and it breaks the entire cycle but see where do most of us start most of us start by trying to change our behaviors it doesn't work you know we try and change the behavior of our spouse we try and change the behavior of our kids we try and change the behavior of our employees or our employer we try and change the behavior of our politicians good luck with that one we try and change the behavior of all this stuff and it doesn't work because you can't change what people do until you change who they are. And that's something only Jesus can do. And you can't change what you do until you let Jesus change who you are. This is a big deal. And so I want to encourage you the next three weeks to be here. I want to encourage you to bring as many people as you can. In fact, I want to encourage you to bring the people who pee you off the most in life. And here's why. They're upsetting you in life because they're in this cycle. But if you bring them the next couple of weeks, we can break the cycle and they can become your best friends. This is awesome. Let's be light in darkness. Let's invite people in. Let's come in and let's let Jesus transform who we are. So glad you're here. See you next time.